Hi, I'm Dan Smigbride, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Sunday, February 11th, 2024. You're watching WGAN-TV on location at GeoWeek in Denver. Hey, I'm Dylan Ferrone with Mosaic 51, and we're about to take a ride with the Mosaic X camera and do some data collection here in Denver. We're about to turn the camera on, get connected to it with our device here, and do some recording with the Mosaic X camera. So the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna power it on with this V-mount battery using an XLR connection. And I'm just gonna place that V-mount battery behind us. We're in a temporary setup, so we'll just keep it there. And then we've got the ethernet cable that comes from the camera plugged in via USB-C to this Chromebook here. And so as the camera boots up, uh, we'll see it come online on this screen here shortly. Okay. Are we capturing uh, Google Street View like imagery? Yeah, that would be a good equivalent is Google Street View type imagery. Um, you have the ability to set the camera to, in various settings so that you can uh, record sparsely if you need to not have a ton of data. So maybe every five meters if, if you wanted to do that, or you can just go in frames per second mode up to 10 frames per second and record to your heart's content. <laughs> um, but you can do uh, basically capture all day. There's a one terabyte SSD inside of the uh, camera up there that's hot swappable. So you can take it out and replace it with another one. And um, this gives you the ability to do large scale roadway um, co collections easily and, and fast. So uh, think if we think about it as Google Street View for private use. Yeah, it's, uh, it's your own Google Street View camera. So an industrial grade camera, that's gonna give you a high quality output that you can put into uh, any number of applications that support equirectangular images. Um, and it's not vendor locked, all the data is in unencrypted, non-proprietary formats. So you have the mobility to take it wherever you want and use it in whatever way you'd like to. So is the, uh, which Mosaic camera is it that's mounted on the top? This is the Mosaic X camera. Mosaic X. And uh, is it, think about it as a 360 camera on steroids? Yeah, it's got uh, six camera lenses. And so it's gonna record six individual video files um, or video containers. And then you'll get stitched those together after you're done. Higher resolution than perhaps a, an under thousand dollar camera. Absolutely. Yeah. Your uh, final output resolution with a Mosaic X is going to be about 13K for that equirectangular panorama. And so you'll have really good visibility and, and clarity for identifying things such as texts on signs, um, which you might use for um, doing object classification and things like that if you're trying to do machine learning on your imagery. So if I'm a utility company and I need to count my telephone poles or things that are hanging on my telephone poles or read uh, labels that are on telephone poles, yeah. would that be a, an example? Yeah, that would be an example if you're trying to do an inventory of the amount of stop signs you have in your municipality, for example. Um, that's another way, use case for it. Or maybe you're just doing a preliminary assessment of a roadway can of roadway conditions for a, a contracting job you might have if you're building a highway or repairing one um, and you might want to have a historical record of what things looked like versus what they look like when you're done okay great and so um 
with that, we can get started on a quick trip here. Um, we have the, it's called the web UI and you can work with pretty much any device, iOS, Android, Chromebook, Windows, Mac. Um, it's, it's connected via ethernet. So you just type in the camera's IP address into your um, browser and you have all your settings here. So you can preview your cameras. You can change your settings here that you might want to change if you want to do the distance-based triggering. So for the example, we're going to go at three, we'll go to five. As an example, save, boom. So every five meters, it's going to take that frame and save it for us. So we're not doing video, we're doing 360 photos and we're doing them every five meters, which is about every 15 feet. So the camera is running at 10 frames per second constantly. Okay. Um, and that helps with auto exposure, um, basically getting that auto exposure value calculated faster because it's the frames are still running. It's not every, say, every five meters it takes a picture. It's every five meters it keeps that frame. Got it. Yeah. So All right, cool. it's, it's, a good, it's a great way to, to, to run the camera because, again, when you're going between, like, maybe an urban canyon, you've got really shadowy areas and then out into a bright spot, you're running at that 10 frames to update that exposure. So that really helps with that. Um, storage, you can see how much storage you have free. You can see all your satellites. And then you've got uh, some information down here at the bottom about we're, in, uh, we're capturing in frames mode and distance-based triggering. So it's gonna say we have approximately 92,535 frames left that we could record with the given internal storage that's left. So I am going to go back to our preview. Looks good. And I am going to start it. Recording. So I see on the screen six images. So that those are the six lenses that's right. Yeah, and those are the six camera lenses that are on the uh, on the camera itself. So is that kind of a visual check to say, oh yeah, it's plugged in, it's working, it's it's uh, recording, we see stuff happening. Yeah, and also if you wanted to check things like, you know, are, is my exposure value good? Is it the uh, is do I want to adjust something like the gain, for example, or do you really want to fine tune your collection settings? Personally, normally I've operated the camera for tons and tons of hours and hundreds and hundreds of miles. Um, and I use a pretty, like maybe three different kind of presets, if you will. Um, the camera itself is pretty, pretty plug and play when it comes to that regard. The camera is industrial grade, so it can handle being off-road and all sorts of road conditions. Um, you know, it's got very stable connectors and they're built for this kind of job. So even if you hit a spot of rain, the only thing you need to be worried about is just the image quality if you get water spots on the lens, um, but it can withstand being out in the elements. So uh, would that be another reason to, to, to look at your imagery on your tablet there to go, oh, is, is, my, is my lens uh, clouded by uh, rain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. While we're driving around, could you tell us a little bit about maybe a use case? Uh, I believe you uh, did data capture uh, for Hurricane Ian. Yeah, it's actually a pretty interesting story. Um, I was a Mosaic customer before I worked for them. 
and we had just gotten Mosaic 51 camera when uh, shortly thereafter Hurricane Ian had devastated Southwest Florida, in particular the town I'm from, uh, Sanibel. And uh, I went down there and captured for about 14 days, um, capturing lots of different targets for different organizations. At first it was doing um, preliminary assessments of hospitals and schools and any types of shelters. And then it moved on to um, stuff that uh, academic interests had and in wanting to see how structure, how, why some structures had collapsed or failed what, what, and while others didn't. So it was, uh, it was, the data was there just to not only capture what had gone wrong, but to see why some things went well and to try and learn from that and build resilience through understanding of how these various weather effects uh, contribute to building codes and things like that. Uh, are there more constituencies that that you know of that used the the data capture uh, and more use cases? More use cases, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the Natural Disaster Preparedness Training Center was one of the primary uh, users. Uh, the Steer Group, uh, an academic group of uh, structural. Um, I met up with some people from FEMA, uh, the uh, the forensic architecture uh, folks um, and they rode with me for one of the days when we went out to Fort Myers Beach to, to do uh, collections out there um, because that was the only way I could actually get access to that uh, area was was with them in the car with me and um, yeah and then we'll just like once it's inside of those slack channels for the academics that that data will be shared um, with, with anybody who needs it and could use it for their purposes. And then... Um, I, th I think I heard three categories, overall categories. First was to assess the damage from hurricane, from, from the hurricane. And so there was an immediate use of, uh, by those who are assessing the damage to be able to have a recording of it. Think of it as Google street view for a specific use case. Does that sound like the, the first use case is like, well, let's assess this a situation. Well, assess the situation and more importantly, it's to other groups as well. You're collecting what is called perishable data. So when you're first into an area that's been devastated by a hurricane or other type of natural disaster, you're recording information about where debris has landed, how it's affected structures or so on and so forth. And as recovery efforts begin, things will move, start to shift around, and a picture of what exactly happened and where things, how things got manipulated, manipulated from the weather will start to, to vary and change and not be reflective of what happened right after the storm. So, you know, those early moments, those first few days are really important to try and collect as much as you can in those uh, high interest areas. And then the second use case, I think that there were, there were actually a second and a third simultaneously, what worked and what didn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the building through resilience and understanding why, um, again, why you might have a mobile home park, for example, and the, there's a mobile home that is been, you know, has the roof ripped off of it, but right next to it is the, that one's fine. And trying to understand is there, you know, pull the codes, pull whatever information they can about those buildings and try and compare and see, you know, what was different, what caused 
this this other building not to have collapsed. Which sounds like it goes even to a fourth category is to say, now that we know what worked, what didn't work, is what should we do better going forward? Yeah, and they will use that information to instruct things like uh, building code permits and, or building code um, uh, rules and such like in Florida um, mm -hmm. and try and inform those decisions uh, using data like that we oh. capture. Okay, so while we're driving around, are you, is there something that you're checking on your tablet? Or this is just pretty straightforward. Is It's plug and play, and once you start driving, you're just driving the route. Yeah, you're driving. It'll ding if there's potentially an issue with the GPS, you know, if you have an error. Um, but it, it, it is pretty much plug and play and go. You can disconnect uh, your control device from it. It's It'll say offline. It's still up there recording. Uh, that's another great feature because it just gives you peace of mind if you, you know, accidentally yank the cable out or something like that while you're recording. So you don't want to feel like you've been driving around for five hours and uh, you hadn't plugged it in. That's right, yeah. And then it'll just take a minute and come back online. You'll see that your frame count has increased and you'll know that you uh, don't have to be worried about that. So it's a, it's just a very dead simple thing to use. I love it. So is is the, uh, so for our community, we get around Network Forum, a community of 15,000 uh, 3D, 360 creators. Uh, uh, most are probably capturing data uh, with a DSLR, with a 360 camera, with a, uh, a LiDAR camera, uh, with drones. Uh, where does this fit in for opportunities for real estate photographers that are intimate with 3D 360, but looking for, oh, well, what's this thing up on the roof? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, how could they leverage a camera like this into their existing businesses? Yes. Um, yeah, so if you have, if you're doing, uh, say you're working with a lot of construction companies and they have larger contracts now where they're doing, you know, maybe it's a civil engineering firm that's gonna do a highway uh, maintenance project or, um, you know, build a road or something like that, and they need to have that documentation of, of what the road looks like or the area that they're in, you know, how developed is it, lots of different reasons they might want to have a roadway uh, conditions assessment. And uh, that would be like one prime example of, of why you could use a camera like this in your business. Would, would a company like that do it in-house, outsource, or it could be either? It could be either, um, you know, I think there is, you know, I've personally been contracted to do work like for various organizations, um, uh, for commercial clients and things like that. And, um, you know, having one place to go where you just, they just kind of give you the whole, the whole package, right? They're going to drive the routes. They're going to put it in a viewer for you and, be, you know, just buy it all in one. It's, it's pretty convenient for them to have to. I have to worry about mm -hmm. trying to stand up their own 360 mapping service. <laughs> when you all bought the first mosaic, going back before the hurricane, mm -hmm. was that in anticipation there will be a disaster, there will be needs someone that needs this capture? It was really purchased for a different reason, and then all of a sudden there was an emergency use case for it. No, it was purchased as part of, uh, we were just growing um, the business and 
and taking on larger projects and we needed a more reliable camera. Um, and so we had researched the Mosaic camera systems and purchased one and um, the rest was history. <laughs> and you're gonna see me when we park, I'll just, I'll stop the camera recording and you'll see how easy that is. Well, here just real fast. You can just, you stop your recording. Recording stopped. You get an auditory or audio cue that your recording stopped and you're done. And then once you, once you finish for the day, for example, I showed you that battery earlier. Yeah. We would just go ahead and turn off the camera by unplugging it. And where is the data? The data is stored in a removable SSD that's got a USB 3.1 interface on it. So you'll remove that from the uh, port on top and uh, pull it out and stick it into your computer. And, and how much are you worrying about, like, is, is there enough elevation so I don't uh, accidentally topple the camera off the, the roof? Um, I like to think of it in terms of uh, most roads, uh, you're gonna see are gonna be able to like afford uh what do you call it uh, like a, a a moving truck uh like a semi truck yes. that's hauling goods so if you're shorter than that then you're typically fine because they got to pass through cities and under bridges and things like that so so the, the height is less than uh, most trucks, therefore, it's really a non-issue. Yeah, most of the time, yeah. Is there an issue with how fast you can drive for the camera to keep up with how fast you're going? Yeah, I mean, with the Mosaic X, you have a global shutter, so you're not gonna wanna exceed probably about 55 miles per hour before you'll start experiencing things like uh, parallax or distortion errors with things that are really close to you. Um, and, you know, I think that's probably the that's the speed consideration you'd want to be most uh, aware of. So here are the SSDs that go inside the camera. And if you look back up your camera here, and you look and you see that black knob that's screwed out there, you would just unscrew that with your hands, pull out this SSD, and then put a new one in, or uh, put that one back in once you've taken the data off it or processed it. Awesome. Anything else in the, the, the Mary Poppins bag to show us? <laughs> um, well, I just keep like a variety of SSDs and uh, cables in here and stuff like that for, you know, my data transfer stuff. Uh, so uh, essentially there's, there's nothing else you need to carry. You, you, you have the, the tablet up front, the, the, the yep. mosaic camera on the roof and your go bag with a couple of uh, uh, presumably batteries in addition to the, the data storage. Yeah, and one thing I didn't touch on while we were in the vehicle um, that I should have is with the Mosaic X and Mosaic 51, you do have the ability to use higher precision instruments like a, a precision GPS or GNSS, maybe one that's using RTK um, to give you a really accurate like centimeter level precision on where your images are. Ah, so a big picture for clarification, the mosaic is capturing the imagery only. If you need LIDAR, that's a separate attachment from a different company that would get attached. Yeah, LIDAR is a, is a different uh, thing altogether, but it, it comes with its own GNS receiver. But if you wanted one that's even more advanced and more accurate, you have the ability to hook that up and use those types of devices and you know scale and refine your workflow to your 
your clients' requirements. Okay, GNS, is, is, uh, help me out understanding that term for our community. What, uh, Global Navigation Satellite System? I don't think that's actually what it stands for, but it's GPS, essentially. G GPS, uh, fancier name for GPS. Yes. And if you need a device, you can attach that. And I imagine that something above the camera or below the camera uh, has the appropriate hardware to enable that. Yeah, so there would be an auxiliary port on the camera and you would just plug your uh, device into that and have that other device mounted on the, on the car with you.